The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Judy, you have uh, booked another humdinger of a show, truly packed, I might say. Thank you. We're going to be talking to the guy who's trained dogs to fly planes. This is the same <laughs> guy we talked to about a year ago. He trained some dogs to drive a drive car. Drive a car, yes. And these aren't just any kind of dogs. The they're very, yeah, they're very special dogs. Okay, well, that's on the way in just a few minutes with uh, Mark Vett. Isn't he like in Australia or something? Where are we calling him? I think he's in New Zealand. New Zealand. I Mark Vett. Mark Vetti, I'm yes. sorry, I messed it up last time, so I don't want to do it again this time. <laughs> uh, he'll be on the way to tell us how he's teaching his dogs to fly planes. It might be something you could get into, you know? I'm just saying, maybe your dog is a very talented dog, and you'd like it to fly you around. Yeah, while well, you relax and have a cocktail. and uh, yeah. If you happen to own your own plane. Now, I, of course, uh, don't own my own plane, so I just uh, they'll drive me around town occasionally. <laughs> uh, also on the show today, Doc Halligan. She's talking about zoonotic diseases. And these are the diseases that your animals can give you. I'm starting to itch again. It makes me all itchy. I don't want to freak you out, but today she's going to be talking about cats. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, in particular, cat scratch fever. That is actually not just a Ted Nugent (laughs) song, but a disease that you can get from your cats. And that's just one of the diseases she's talking about. Also on the show today... Robert Semro with backyard safety, the things you need to know about keeping your dogs and other animals in the backyard during the summer. So that's just around the corner right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Joey Volani, what are you working on? Well, we're going to talk about some cool tips of growing hair when you have dogs that don't grow hair on their ears and on their tail, what you can do real easy at home. Really? I, I've never seen that problem. Is that something you see? You know what? You probably have because it's super common, and you probably just never recognize it. It's know. one of those things that it, that it only bothers the people that it bothers, if, if that makes any sense. Usually the dog will look, looks cute whether they have hair on the ears or in the tail anyway. So okay. it's one of those things. So you're going to have a tip for growing the hair back? Is that um, Yeah, because we had a, a we had a listener that wrote me a letter asking me a question. So I'm being nice, and I'm answering that question you're a giver that way and Lori brooks over there in the newsroom also a giver and sharing the newsroom with uh several dogs one snort the loud snorer is i believe gordy right is that gordy gordy Gordy. what are you working on over there in the newsroom there is a country that is trying to make it mandatory that all dogs and cats there be neutered or spayed they call it de-sexing there it sounds really kind of scary it does (laughs) wow Um, sounds like my life there's a a bill that they're trying to push through in uh, one state in the country that is trying to become the first state in america to outlaw declawing so we'll tell you where all this is going on also we've been talking the last few weeks about cloning and today we're going to have one of these uh, experts on from viagen pets this is the company that does the cloning and they're going to answer some frequently answered questions or frequently Frequently asked asked questions about cloning did you see i think it was the new nbc uh news show that is going head to head with 60 minutes but they did a special with uh, harry can't remember his name is it no um the other one who used to be on cbs Mm. 
Harry Smith, I think. Okay. And he did, he went to Korea, one of the Koreas, I think it's South Korea, where they're doing uh, the cloning there, where it was first done. And it was a really interesting piece. They paid, they talked to a couple who paid $100,000 and got two cloned puppies. Yeah, if you're interested in that, last year, TLC, the Learning Channel, I guess it was two years ago, the Learning Channel came into our studios with somebody who paid $100,000 more to clone their pet. And, Mm -hmm. uh, did a piece, and that piece is actually up at our website and our YouTube page if you want to see that. But we're going to find out what this is all about because there's a lot of questions. It's a very controversial subject, I might say, but there's maybe some good reasons to be doing this, and it might be uh, just genetically preserving the genes for future medical issues. We These are the questions that I want answered, and we're going to find out today right here on Animal Radio. Also, Bronwyn Dickey. Is this her real name? Yes, it is. She changed it for show business. Bronwyn Dickey <laughs> will be joining us. She's a pit bull expert. And I'm looking at her bio, and it says uh, that she's an essayist and a journalist who's worked and appeared on Slate, Newsweek, Outside. And she's young, passionate, and extremely smart. That's what it says here. <laughs> Unlike me, I'm old, apathetic, and just a real idiot. Uh, but if you want to talk to any one of the team here, including Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani, pick up the phone right now and dial 1-866-405-8405. Belinda, hey, Belinda, how are you? Fine. How are y'all today? Good. Where are you today? I am in eastern North Carolina. Eastern North Carolina. I love your accent. I love that southern Very accent. Nice. How can Thank we help you? Thank you very much. Well, I've got a question regarding an infection that has been reoccurring on my dog. She's a two-year-old flat-coated retriever okay. and would start getting little spots on her stomach like fire ant bites. And at first, that's what I thought it was and just made sure to kill them all and get them gone. But mm-hmm. it would get worse where she's biting at it and scratching and licking like crazy. Okay. So my vet um, had us try prednisone and given her a Benadryl. And that would clear it up until the prednisone, would, we would wean her off of it. Mm-hmm. And we tried two rounds with that. And a friend of mine, she has a cocker spaniel with similar problems, and they discovered it was a yeast infection. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I tried some shampoo. I looked it up on the Internet and tried some shampoo that has, um, I've got an article in front of me, I can't find it, but had a, like, 2% medicine in it. Mm-hmm. And her stomach, it cleared it up. Um, it's been white, no problems whatsoever. The problem now is it won't go away from the skin behind her pads as the okay. foot comes up on the leg. And someone mentioned food. She had been eating Benefil, and they okay. recommended a premium. Um, you got a pet smart to get. And her stomach is still good, but her feet are better, but she's still licking and biting at them, and the, and okay. the fur's gone. All right. So I was just saying if you had some ideas. Oh, sure do. Uh, Labradors, of course, are my love. <laughs> um, but they are uh, definitely, um, a lot of these retrievers, man, they really have these skin problems. And a couple things you said really kind of like little exclamation points were going up in my head as you were saying that. One is that some of her signs did improve with uh, prednisone, which is a steroid. Helps a lot with types of allergies and inflammation problems. So 
Um, yeast is a certain problem that can happen on the skin, but it isn't commonly a single issue meaning that yeast comes along for the ride along with something else. And it's very possible that your baby has some sort of seasonal and or food-related allergy. So Mm -hmm. definitely my first thought is not that I'm going to bash Beneful because it certainly has its place. But Mm -hmm. for a pet who has these suspicious signs, I would go a little bit more than just a special food that you pick up at PetSmart, I'd talk to your veterinarian about getting on a hypoallergenic diet. Um, There's lots of different ways we can manage this, um, but it's very important to get on a food that's very restricted either in the types of ingredients, uh, what we call a novel protein or novel ingredient diet, Mm -hmm. or to go to a hydrolyzed protein diet. And we need to go to that for about eight weeks to see if we see improvement in the overall skin condition. That would be one thing that I'd say is a must for your dog. The other thing is that, you know, I would like to find out more about when these little plaques and these little things are on the skin and look at that under the microscope and see. If we do have yeast and we do have maybe even bacteria there, then I would tackle things also in another direction, not just with a shampoo, but in many cases we'll have to add an oral medication along with that. And some pets with yeast infections, we can just bathe bathe and bathe in a bathe cycle and keep that going, but not really get to the heart of it. And mm-hmm. yeast, if anyone who has a athlete's foot knows, can take a long time to treat. So anything we can do to help speed that along, and that would include adding an oral anti-yeast medicine into the mix of things. So if that is appropriate for your pet, then I would certainly do that in addition to the, uh, maybe it's a ketoconazole-based shampoo that you may have been using. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty typical. So that might be something else. Um, but I think really the food trial with a hypoallergenic diet and then finding out if we do in fact have yeast or bacteria there and then seeing if we can get around that and uh, um, you know get, ar- get around the right medications for that. So. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for your call, right. Belinda. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by World's Best Cat Litter. Listen up, cat people. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Cat person to cat person. Gato to gato. You know, it's just litter until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, big money. That's why I made the switch to World's Best Cat Litter with concentrated power. You can learn more at tryworldsbest.com. And thanks, World's Best, for underwriting Animal Radio. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. And it's uh, uh, downloadable right there at uh, your Google Play Store or your App Store. And it's made possible by Doctors Foster and Smith. Thank you so much, guys, for doing that. They make it a free download for you. Because otherwise, it would be thousands of dollars for that app. So helpful. <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you just take my breath away sometimes, Hal. You're so cute. What are you working on over there in the newsroom, Miss Lori Brooks? Well, I've been doing some serious business. I love the site ZDNet. Whenever I oh, yeah. purchase electronics of any sort, I, I go there because I can read the reviews and I can decipher between they have editor reviews and then they have, you know, user reviews. But they have published an article on pet GPS trackers for both dogs and cats. We went to SuperZoo about five years ago, and there was two pet trackers available, two G- GPS trackers available at the time. I kind of knew it was going to be an advancing technology at the time. Now there are so many of them on there the market. Are. And they do all kinds of different things. Some work different ways, but a lot of them have this uh, activity tracker also, which is like a Fitbit. Right. 
for. Yeah, so you can exactly. tell if your dog's just laying around on the couch all day or he's out running around in the yard. My only concern about those, they yeah. also track your dog walkers. Oh, so. track your, oh, because you're a dog Because I'm a dog walker, ah! yes. There you go. And i got to make you're sure that watched. I'm being watched. I well, you should, you should act in. like that anytime because people even have like these pet nanny cams. Oh, in yeah, in the homes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I always, when I'm dog sitting or walking or whatever I'm doing, I always act like I'm being watched because I could be. You should assume you are. Yes. Yep. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.biogenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. No matter what kind of allergy day you're having, relief can be yours with Nasacort Allergy 24-Hour. Its prescription-strength medicine effectively relieves your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, for 24 hours. <sighs> Nasacort has no harsh taste, is non-drowsy and non-addictive. Unlike Flonase, Nasacort is scent and alcohol-free. For effective nasal allergy relief, choose Nasacort. It's guaranteed relief or your money back. Details at Nasacort.com. Use as directed. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Oh, do you think your dog is talented and smart? Wait till you hear about Mark Vetti's dogs. <laughs> They're rescue dogs, and they fly planes. And drive cars. And drive cars, yeah. <laughs> I think everything <laughs> after news. flying planes is really just old yeah. news after that. But uh, he's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, we're going to be talking about zoonotic diseases and the diseases that uh, you know the animals that you sleep with at night can give you. The yeah. cats, the dogs, uh, mostly cats, I think, today. And that's on the way here in just a few minutes. Uh, don't forget, you can ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Uh, we just got this email in, and you can email us at yourvoice at animalradio.com. This comes from Donald Hall, and he says, I wanted to let you know that I first discovered Animal Radio on Coast 103.5 in Los Angeles. I always listen to them on iHeartRadio. I actually live in Arkansas. So he lives in Arkansas. He's online listening to a station in wow. Los Angeles that we're on. Thank you so much for that. He's decided to go and download the app, Animal Radio app, so that he can listen anytime, and he really likes to do that. He says uh, he's lost two different dogs. Sorry to hear about that, Donald. Mm, yeah. But uh, having them both, he just can't be happy without animals, so he's gone out and got another crazy dog who just loves him, and when he comes home from a bad day at work, the dog cheers him up, and he forgets all about his bad day. Doesn't that happen to all of us? Yes, it does. And then yes. you walk in that door. How can you be mad when you look down at that furry little thing that's there wagging their tail? I, I hear you, Donald. Thank you so much for your email. And uh, thanks for downloading the Animal Radio app. It's so easy to download, and it's 
free. So do it now. Uh, we're going to head to the phones in just a couple of seconds. Lori Brooks is also working hard in the newsroom. What do you got coming up? <laughs> well, there's um, you know all kinds of pet walkers out there these days, but mostly they walk dogs, right? Uh-huh. There was a, a post that went viral recently, and we'll tell you about it. What this woman posted that she was looking for somebody to walk. Very different kind of animal. <laughs> I'm thinking about the uh, TV show, what was it, Kings and Queens, and the dog walker would actually have to walk. <laughs> the uh, father-in-law. The father-in-law. Take him for a walk every day. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is, but we'll find out. <laughs> no, no. In just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. And we have John. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Very good. Where are you? I'm in Oklahoma. 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 What's going fine on? Day in, it's a fine day in Oklahoma. A fine day in Oklahoma. That's actually their motto, isn't it? It's a <laughs> fine day in Oklahoma. Well, most of the time when it's not snowing. Oh, yeah. Do you got pets? You got animals? I, I do have a dog. Yeah, what's going on with your dog? I have the dog right here. I got well, a, hi, John. How are you? I'm doing I, fabulous. I've got a three-year-old lad, uh, really active, uh, the only thing is, when he does have an active day, he uh, tends to have a seizure, uh, at, you know, at the evening or, or even during when he's doing his, you know, exercises or when he's hunting. Uh, and I've had a few people uh, that tell me uh, caro syrup in the water and, you know, stuff like that. But I, uh, I'm i a new listener to y'all, and I just figured I'd call in and, and see what you guys had to say. Sure. Now, so he's actually active, and he's running, and he's hunting, he's doing things when this happens? Well, yeah, a few times it's done it whenever he's been hunting, but uh, most of the time it's whenever we get back to the house, and he kind of winds down, and, uh, you know, then you see him over there, and he's got that look in his face like, you know, something's happening, and uh, then, it, you know, it comes on, and, uh, you know, I just I just was going to see what y'all thought. Okay, that, and when he's... Common or well, I'm kind of. Can you describe a little bit what he's doing when when he has these episodes? Is he twitching? Uh, Is he? He's not. He, he tenses up. You know, it's like his uh, claws come out. You know, and uh, uh, sometimes his old eyes just you know get real wide. And uh, uh, you know, if, at first I didn't know what to do, so I just just let him go because you know i've heard uh, human wise if you know if you see somebody having a seizure you you know you you just let him go well he would he would take off running and he would end up running into trees and stuff so i i you know stopped him from doing that and now i just oh, yeah. pretty much hold him and you know you know kind of comforting you know it'll it'll take oh 30 seconds or so and then uh he might get over it, and, you know, he'll start panting real heavy and drooling, and, uh, you know, then he'll be all right. You know, he knows something's happened, but he, he's all right then, you know. Okay. Um, so he's actually kind of having what you would describe as a seizure. He's kicking, he's twitching, he's, um, does he lose consciousness? Yeah, that's what I would, I've never seen anybody have a seizure, but, you know, that's that's what I would think, you know. 
Okay. Because there's kind of two different ways of thinking here that I would go. And um, Labrador retrievers do have a different type of collapsing episode that can be completely different than a seizure. And they have a, a syndrome called exercise-induced collapse. And um, that can happen. And it, it doesn't always typically look like a seizure. If that syndrome happens, they actually um, can get kind of weak after exercise. Their back legs can give out on them or even get very stiff and kind of seize up. Um, with that condition, they tend to be very aware, um, but their body isn't quite cooperating. Um, right. And that's actually kind of a muscular disease. Um, and I actually, my own Labrador had a sibling who, who drowned um, hunting because he had that syndrome. So that is definitely something that, you know, I would kind of look at. But if we're actually having more of what we think is a seizure, where he's kind of kicking, paddling, he's laying on his side, foaming at the mouth, maybe if he loses, you know, bodily functions, then that would be more of what I would term as a seizure. And um, one of the biggest and most important things is I'd want to get a blood sample at the time or as close as we can to the time when that's happening. Um, Because some things are dynamic and some things can change, um, such as things involving blood sugar. So that would be something I'd want to look at. And there are some hunting dog, what we call hunting dog hypoglycemia problems. And I've seen it more perhaps in pointers um, and some of the other um, bird dogs um, where they actually, after exercise, their blood sugar drops and they go into a seizure. And um, that would be something we need to diagnose with a blood test. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. This is Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Desexing dogs vastly reduces aggression and the associated risk of dog bites. That according to a new study which has just been done in Australia. By the way, desexing is what they call a spay or neuter there. Same thing. They found aggression and the risk of bites was up to nine times lower in spayed and neutered dogs and then supported the push for mandatory spay neutering of pets in the country under their dog and cat management bill, which is in Parliament. Now, other issues tackled by the bill also include mandatory microchipping, increased penalties for dangerous dogs, and requiring dog breeders to be registered due to a rise in puppy mills there. A bill currently being debated in the New York legislature, meantime, would make it illegal to declaw cats at all. Now, advocates of the bill range from the Humane Society to individual veterinarians who say that declawing is cruel because it's not just amputating those nails, but also they get portions of ligaments and tendons when they do that surgery. If the bill passes, New York would become the first state in our country to outlaw declawing procedures. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved the very first drug to stimulate appetite in dogs. It's called Entice. It's a flavored oral liquid that works by mimicking the hunger hormone in the dog's body and will be launched in February of next year. It's estimated that nearly 10 million dogs suffer from a lack of appetite, 
Earlier this year, the company that developed the drug, Entice, was also given approval for another drug called Galaprant. That's a therapeutic drug for dogs designed to control pain and inflammation that is associated with osteoarthritis. New York City now is filled, you know, if you've been there, with all kinds of things that will make people stare. And when Henry the tortoise, a very large tortoise, granted, turned up in a stroller in Central Park recently for his daily outing, it turned a lot of heads. The 17-pound African sulcata tortoise is the pet of a 20-something-year-old woman in Manhattan. Now, Henry's life was really pretty quiet until she posted on Craigslist to advertise for a tortoise walker. That's a good job for you, Judy. You can add tortoises to your <laughs> repertoire. Yeah, I think yeah. I can sweep up with them. She has some dogs that actually walk that slow right now, I believe. <laughs> yeah, the turtle might be faster. We all, we all see, you know, dog walkers every day, especially big cities. There's hundreds of them. But tortoise walkers now, I think they're pretty hard to come by. So Henry's mom thought, you know, she'll post and you get a couple of responses until the listing went viral. Hundreds of people from all over the world applied for the job. It paid 10 bucks an hour and it ultimately went to a young woman who had tortoise experience because she had worked in a pet store. Now she takes Henry to the park by stroller and then watches as he gets to roam freely eating his favorites, which are dandelions and grass. Now eventually Henry will outgrow that stroller. And he may need something more heavy-duty, like, say, a luggage cart or something, you know, those things they push in a hotel. Because male African sulcatas reach a length of more than 30 inches, and they tip the scales at more than 200 pounds. And they can't be in temperatures below 42 degrees, so they have to be kept inside, if, especially in the wintertime. Mm. And yes, you can rescue one from the American Tortoise Rescue, which, if you didn't know, is based in Malibu, California, if you're on the West Coast. Did not know that. Let's get a studio tortoise. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. But don't go barefoot. They like colored toenails. (laughs) If you polish. And, and Joey, I know you do. Uh, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions not only by calling the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, but you can also ask directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And it is a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. Uh, we welcome to the airwaves right now, Bronwyn Dickey. Hi, Bronwyn. I love your name, first of all. You are the Pitbull expert, aren't you? Well, I think if there's one thing that this project has, has taught me, it's that to be uh, suspicious of anyone calling him or herself an expert. Okay. <laughs> oh, but yeah. yes, I certainly spent about seven years researching the topic, yes. And you have a book out, brand new book, called Pitbull, The Battle Over the American Icon. Unfortunately, I think it's the media, and I fall into that category, and I try not to do this, but the media that really portrays the pitbull poorly. Uh, because, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, right? Sure. We, we, and when you think about it, we know that it's like the, uh, is it the dachshund? The dachshund is actually the biggest biter out of all the dog breeds. However, since it's so small, it doesn't inflict damage. As it's much just as your ankle as 
a pit bull exactly yes yeah, so i always find it uh even a little bit disingenuous when um kind of very um passionate pit bull lovers say oh the dachshund's you know more of a biter or the chihuahua is more of a biter it's a big difference with a small dog and the world looks very scary when you're that small sure mm-hmm. sure absolutely yeah well you're a young gal i can tell and during my lifetime there's been dogs like this that have been characterized like the pit bull uh throughout my lifetime like we've had the rottweiler the doberman the doberman german shepherd german shepherd yes all of these animals had their time in the in the light or the spotlight as being a dangerous and scary animal sure yeah and what was most interesting to me was that these trends go back even before the 20th century they go back hundreds of years um, even in 1877, this was kind of a, an amazing part of the research. Um, in 1877, the most vilified dog in America by far was the Spitz, oh, uh, which at that wow. point, back in the 1870s, included the um, white Pomeranian. So there was this theory because there were so, the Spitzes were so popular. They were very popular with German immigrants. They were very popular as ladies' pets. There were tons of them in New York City. And so people looked at the bite statistics and saw that most bites came from spitzes, and they theorized that when there were rabies outbreaks, that the spitz must be uniquely susceptible to rabies. And so there was this enormous fervor and furor in New York City to eradicate the spitz. Um, And you had veterinarians even uh, putting this in their peer-reviewed medical journals that the Spitz was more dangerous than any other type of dog because it was a it was the the prime rabies vector. And so it just kind of goes to show that um, one statistics aren't the aren't the best indicator of danger. Uh, It all depends on the population. And two, it really depends on the time period, what we find dangerous. Well, you have cities like Denver, Colorado that have banned pit bulls. And this is a, a pretty modern city. Animal friendly. Animal friendly city, in fact. Yeah. What uh, What do you think is going on there and what's the truth? Well, as far as I could tell from the research that I did in the 1980s when there were all these kind of scare stories about, you know, killer pit bulls and dangerous pit bulls, a number of cities across the United States decided to implement pit bull bans as a way of seeming like they were being tough on crime and really into protecting the public, but it it was just kind of an empty measure. There, I mean, these, these cities had much larger problems going on then than dog bites. So this multiple studies in many countries have shown that breed bans do nothing to affect dog bites, which is a little bit of a circular logic. You can't be bitten by a dog that doesn't exist. That's true. Um, but if your dog bites are still skyrocketing, then you really haven't done anything to improve public safety at all. Well, and I don't think that gets rid of those animals. I think it just puts those animals underground there in the, in the city. Right. And that's very true. That's very true. So what is the one truth that you've learned through all of this? Probably the biggest thing has been to not attribute anything to all or nothing. So when something gets this controversial, you have people who will say it's all in the genetics or it's all in how they're raised. And science has told us for many decades that it's always an interaction of both. But with dogs, we certainly do know that the temperament and the genetics and the combination of genetics and environment of the individual dog and its relationship with an individual person will be by far the greatest determinant into how that dog mm-hmm. turns out. Mm-hmm. 
Good stuff. The book is called Pitbull, The Battle Over the American Icon, and the author, Bronwyn Dickey, that's spelled B-R-O-N-W-E-N, Dickey, D-I-C-K-E-Y. We'll put all the information to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com, and I have 10 copies to give away right now at 1-866-405-8405. Bronwyn, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Thank you so much for having me. You know what's so funny? She was talking about the Spitz earlier. And the Spitz are one of those dogs that um, when they come into the grooming salon, they book you like, oh, Spitz is coming. Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, you, you know they're going to try to bite you. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. yes it's, one of the, it's one of those breeds. It's one of those breeds that wag their tail and then nail you. <laughs> There's a lot of variables there. It's with any breed that's aggressive and... You know, some are just great, and then you have other ones like people. It's no different. you got good people, you got bad people. You know, exactly. What are you going to do? Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with your pets. Visit PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check the schedule for the TV station in your area. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pet. Thank you guys so much for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. Geico presents Kathy, the candid real estate agent. Now in the living room, you'll see this beautiful bay window. It's energy efficient and lets in a ton of natural light. It will also let in a thief when you leave it unlocked and he'll steal your laptop and flat screen TV. (laughs) Now who wants to see the kitchen? It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit Geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. I'm Beth Stern on Animal Radio and Adopt from Your Local Shelter. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Time to hang with our favorite Doc Doc Hal again from the Lucy Pet Foundation. This week, kind of a creepy subject. <laughs> I know. Creepy. Just the thought of it. Zoonotic Ooh. diseases. Yeah. And what are yeah. zoonotic diseases? A zoonotic disease is a disease that is naturally transmissible from pets to people. Now, what is the biggest one in the world is rabies. Rabies. Okay. Well, um, I knew about rabies. That's, that's like yeah. just so you, you know, but there's like, there's a hundred, you guys. But okay. Um, I did want to cover, you know, we aren't going to be able to cover them all today, but we'll talk about, you know, as many as we can get through today. But it is something to think about if you have, not even if you don't have cats or dogs, but if you go where cats and dogs are present, which is everywhere now. But what are the odds? I've had animals all my life, and I don't think I've ever had a zoonotic disease. Well, it just depends 
Judy, on, you know, your pet's lifestyle and how good you are on prevention because the zoonotic diseases are 100% preventable. So I hang with my cats. I like hanging <laughs> with my cat. We sleep together. Good. We cuddle together. We're, we're pretty close buddies. But now you're worrying me. Should I be so I close? Shouldn't. Don't be worried. Okay. No, but I mean, you know, it is something to think about. Okay. You know, so let's start with cat scratch fever. Is that a real that thing? One is a, that is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, my brother actually got cat scratch fever from a kitten that he got. Wow. So, but in order to get it, you have to get scratched or bitten by your cat. And you know, most of the time, that's preventable. Never play with your cats with your hand. Keep their nails trimmed. Make sure they're stimulated. So unless you get bit or scratch, you're, you're not going to get cat scratch fever. What do you get? So, what happens if you get cat scratch fever? Well, you know, um, it varies. Some people don't get sick at all, and some people will get like a, like a flu-like symptoms. Their lymph nodes will get enlarged, and they'll feel like they have like the flu. In uh, two to four months, um, your body will rid, rid itself of this disease that's, uh, in fleas, that's how the cats get it, oh. because they're in fleas. See, so yeah. you could prevent that by doing good flea control. If you have good flea control and your cat doesn't get bit by fleas, it's not going to get uh, cat scratch fever, which is um, caused by Bartonella, which is a little protozoan that lives in certain flea populations and completes its life cycle in the cat. And then if you get cat- scratched or bit and your cat has that in it, then it can give it to you. Well, you look at my arms right now. All my <laughs> all hands, i got all up. kinds of scratches. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so your cats don't have it because you guys probably do, I would imagine, good flea control. Oh, yes. We try, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, and well, so, and then it's usually in kittens because their immune systems are not as developed, you know, and it's a smaller population of people that get it. But like veterinarians, they say like 20% of us test positive for it just Whoa. because, wow. you know, we've, we, uh, it's an occupational hazard. What other diseases can my cat give me? <laughs> well, the other big one, since we're talking about kitties, is the toxoplasmosis. Now we hear about that one so... about being pregnant. You shouldn't yeah, pregnant be. Yeah. Pregnant women shouldn't do yes. litters, clean and, you litters. Know, yes, well, and pregnant women give up their cats in the shelter because their doctors tell them that. The Center for Disease Control is estimating that only like 1% of all cats in the United States have this. Now, it's higher in other countries, but in the United States, it's very low. So there's all these doctor-scaring women, and you really don't need to worry if you're pregnant, but you should take some precautions. So just understanding the parasite is um, the cats will have to ingest the parasite or the oocyst in usually soil or they can get it from eating bugs or or birds or uh, lizards. That's why I tell clients, do not let your pet eat those because they can get this type of thing from it. So if your cat comes in contact with toxoplasmosa and ingests it, then it, it will shed it in their feces. Okay, and so then it takes about one to five days once those oocytes are in the stool. Now, you have to actually ingest, eat those. So you would have to be eating cat stool, (laughs) which that's not going to happen. Right. But, you know, so that's what I'm saying. But so what if you're pregnant, a lot of pregnant vets, you just wear gloves and wash your hands. 
you know, the chance of you getting toxoplasmosis is very, very limited. Now, obviously you could, if they have diarrhea, they could have it on their bum. So if you're petting your cat, technically you could get it that way. So you should wash your hands after petting your cat. But people are more likely to get toxo from eating unpasteurized milk, gardening without gloves, or eating infected meat. Gardening without gloves. Uh oh. So, yeah, because it's in the soil uh, and you have a cut and that's all it would take. I mean, that seems a little more, you know, likely than uh, ingesting your cat feces. <laughs> Children are probably the biggest risk for these. You know, we're talking about the humans. What about the animals? Do they get sick from toxoplasmosis? Or? They can get sick from it. Uh huh. And then we usually just put them on antibiotics, but it's nothing life threatening. Okay. This is a lot to uh, consume right now. And in fact, uh, I'm going to stop cleaning my cat with my tongue. I think that that would be the first <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, and you know the key with this, you guys, is like to teach good handling habits. Like after petting your cat or cleaning the litter box or doing something, just wash your wash hands. Your hands. Okay. I mean, that's the key. It's going to prevent you from getting a lot of the cooties. So. Pretty simple. There you go, Doc yeah. Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation. We'll talk more about this again next week here on yeah. Animal Radio. Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again, the one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I'm already bushed from hour one, but there's so much more on the way here. Uh, in fact, we're going to talk to the guy who's trained these dogs to fly planes, Mark Vetti, <laughs> uh, down in New Zealand. Crazy guy, but he, he's done so many things to train animals, and these are rescue animals, which is so you know, I mean, that just warms the cockles of my heart right there to hear these animals that were in a shelter that had no home. Nobody wanted them. Yeah, they, they people thought they were worthless. Now they're flying planes. Mm-hmm. I love did it. Did he have anything to do with that British reality show? Yes, he did. Y- yeah. All right. Yes. Also, we're going to be talking to the company that's doing cloning in the U.S. now. This is a very controversial subject, and you could you don't have to go very far to find someone who's on either side of this. But there's a lot of practical reasons to do it. And we're going to find out what those reasons are. In fact, if you have any questions about cloning, call me now so that I can put it on the list to ask, and, and we'll find out the details. We're going to do, I believe it's a question-answer session with the Viagen people in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori Brooks in the newsroom, what are you working on over there? I'm going to tell you about a new human drug that is being tested on dogs to extend the lives of dogs and also let them live healthier longer. Oh. And you, know, you can also, if, if you want, to become a part of the phase two of the study. Wow, that's kind of cool. Cause cool stuff. <laughs> right now, they just don't live long enough. That's the problem. But would it ever yeah. be long enough, Hal? No, I guess it never would be. 
Let's go to the phones for your calls right now for Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani. Hey, Angie, how are you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good. How can we help you today? Well, I have a 10-year-old pug. His name is Henry. (laughs) (laughs) And he just got diagnosed with diabetes. He's been doing really well. But um, I'm having to use a new needle every day and putting the medication in the syringe is a little hard for me. I've got arthritis. Mm-hmm. And a, a friend of mine next door has this thing that she uses that is, is kind of like a a big syringe, and she puts stuff in it, and she uses the same needle with it every day. It's like a compact pin of some sort. And yeah. I wondered if I could use that on my dog instead. Well, um, typically, no. Um, that type of insulin, we don't really recommend as the first-line therapy for dog diabetics. Well, it may be great for people and even for cats. For dogs, that v- variety, which is called Lantus, um, isn't really the choice that we would choose for your dog. Um, so okay. I would tend to say that. And, and for any pet, you know, we do recommend, you know, using single-use needles. So you, you know, even if, say, you had a cat and we were using the, the pen, um, we mm-hmm. would change that needle every day because there is an increased risk of infections. Um, you know, certainly they can dull, um, you know, and uh, cause other if problems. You sh- in- if you shaved the area and you put alcohol on it, would that reduce the, the risk of germs? <laughs> I suppose theoretically, but we have to kind of remember. So with people, you know, I will say, you know, the practice of reusing uh, needles, it it happens. It's not the best practice, um, but a lot of human physicians know it happens out there, and there are different people that do different techniques of disinfecting the areas and so forth. But the thing that I like to compare between dogs and cats and people is that we bathe on a regular basis, and it's mm-hmm. unlikely that by, just by doing an alcohol blessing on the area that you're going to really be able to ensure that that's going to be safe and prevent infection. So, um, you know, I, I would just have to say that it is definitely not recommended to reuse needles for pets. Um, what people okay. do are totally different, and I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not a physician, so I can't go there, but it, it's not recommended. And I do have people that will put alcohol on, but um, we don't really want to keep giving the insulin injections in the same spot because that can increase inflammation, scarring, and it decreases how well the insulin's absorbed. So, the you know, what you proposed about shaving the area and using alcohol, you, you would really have to shave your, your pet in multiple areas repeatedly, which isn't practical nor really very aesthetic. And I don't I don't think it would be a good measure to do. Um, so what I usually advise folks is just to try to find the best economic um, source that you can for your insulin mm-hmm. products that you need, sometimes planning mm-hmm. ahead and ordering them online, um, sometimes just kind of uh, searching around local pharmacies and finding the most cost-competitive um, you know, products for you. Okay. Um, so I guess maybe a pharmacist might know if there's some other way to do something as far as filling them, because like I said, I have arthritis and it's really difficult for me to get it in there. Well, um, for, um, I have had some clients that, um, you know, have a, a family member, um, kind of pre-draw up their syringes. The problem is that okay. there can be a loss of efficacy if we pre-draw up too far. So kind of a okay. week is my general guideline. I don't like to do it longer than that because, okay. um, there is the potential concern there. I understand, and as far as I'm aware, only, uh, Lantus is in the pen in the human form. So, um. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for your call, Angie. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We've had a lot of calls about diabetes and insulin lately. Uh, yeah, you know it is a really common problem really? in dogs and cats. I didn't know so, that. Yeah.
We see a lot, and that's one of the things when people, you know, when we talk about, you know, some dogs are kind of prone to diabetes, um, but if you have a pet that's overweight, that is one factor that you can do to help try to minimize the risk of diabetes development in your dog or cat is keep them in good, healthy, lean weight and keep them on a sensible diet. Um, and, and that really, not for every pet will it stop diabetes, but, you know, it can certainly help, especially with kitties, to help prevent them developing it. Well, you know, I'm not the smartest radio host in this room right now, but I'll tell you, I don't understand if diabetes, I thought if you have diabetes, you lose weight. So being obese and overweight gives you diabetes? I don't, what happens? Yeah, you lose it can weight actually, or gain weight? <laughs> well, it kind of, just like a person. So there's a lot of people out there that if you're overweight, you have that metabolic syndrome. So being overweight means that your body is less effectively using its uh, glucose. So um, you may develop diabetes. Now, once you develop diabetes and it's untreated, Yes, you drop weight, um, but the factor leading into it is um, obesity can can trigger that. Okay. Now, Dr. Debbie, I noticed you've been searching the Internet there. What, what did you find out? <laughs> well, you know, there actually is a newly developed um, insulin pen for use in dogs. Um, it, it may be a different type of insulin than what our this, this uh, caller's pet is already on, um, but it's an insulin called Vetsilin, and they do have uh, a diabetic pen where operates very similar to what it does in people. So if she has trouble with, um, or as she mentioned, arthritis, this might be an option for her. The problem is that anytime we change insulin, there's your pet has to get readjusted to a totally different insulin. So you need to see your veterinarian about that possibility. But um, that, that may be something that, that might help your situation. So do you have to uh, put new needles on this tip every time? Yeah, so that seems that thing is still going to play the role, but um, for at least for our caller who was concerned about uh, kind of drawing up the insulin and that that might be hard for her to just maneuver with her hands, the pen might be one option that might make that easier. And it also can um, drop smaller volumes of insulin. So for some pets that's that are really little, it can be helpful to do a more accurate dosing. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio, baby. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list, Top Backyard Summertime Hazards for Your Pets. You know, it's that time of year that even the most indoorsy person heads outdoors for sunshine, friendly get-togethers, and backyard activities that make the rain, sleet, snow, and winter hibernation time all worthwhile. This time of year brings families back together and many potential hazards for your pets as well. So as my official Ode to Summer Safety, we offer you these friendly and serious reminders. Summer barbecues and get-togethers are usually filled with good friends, good times, and good eats for humans. The number one rule for Summer Barbecue Party Club is to discuss the rules of Summer Barbecue Party Club with family, guests, and yes, even your pets. Make sure that you're always supervising your two- and four-legged children in the backyard during a party. The foods that we enjoy can be very dangerous to our pets, and no one wants to end the party with an emergency trip to the veterinarian's office. 
So remind everyone that Fido is well fed and doesn't need to eat off their plates and to please properly dispose of any trash. Additionally, those happy libations that include alcohol must be kept out of the reach of curious pets who don't know the difference between a refreshing glass of water or a dangerous glass of alcohol. The next top tip is critically important, and that is to supervise and train your pets not to let curiosity get the best of them around barbecues, fire pits, and other flammable areas. We've all enjoyed the scrumptious smells coming off a barbecue, and we often congregate around it while cooking the food. To our pets, this is just another area that screams for investigation. Protect your pets by keeping vigilance and always discouraging them from being around the barbecue at any time. And many folks enjoy a quick swim in the pool to cool off on a hot day. Some may even dog paddle. However, the term is misleading as not all dogs can swim and not all dogs enjoy swimming. Remember to keep an eye on your pets the same way you would your human children. And if your pets do go into the water, teach them how to exit the pool safely. Another area of concern during the summer is the hot cement, asphalt, and sand that we all wear flip-flops or other footwear to protect our feet from. Your pet's pads, which are very important to their health, are at risk of burning quickly. So if it's too hot for your feet, it's certainly too hot for theirs. Finally, keep their water bowls full of fresh water, provide them an area of shade to cool down in, and if possible, give them a cot or raised mesh bed to rest in that lets their entire body cool down after activities. Summer's a great time to spend with your family, and your pets love being outside. With a little bit of care and awareness, you'll have another summer of great memories and family time. Share your summertime safety tips and more on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Hey everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say, you, right now, want to take, wait, give me the line again, my brain skipped. <laughs> Brett Michaels. I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, Go don't ahead. do that, say don't that do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal Radio, Brett Michaels Animal Radio. You got it. I knew the Animal Radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. Get ready to discover amazing experiences you can share with your pets on Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with the furry members of your family. To find out where you can see Pets Welcome Here, go to PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. If you don't see your local station, ask them to schedule Pets Welcome Here. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pet. No matter what kind of allergy day you're having, relief can be yours with Nasacort Allergy 24-Hour. Its prescription-strength medicine effectively relieves your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, for 24 hours. <sighs> Nasacort has no harsh taste, is non-drowsy and non-addictive. Unlike Flonase, Nasacort is scent and alcohol-free. For effective nasal allergy relief, choose Nasacort. It's guaranteed relief or your money back. Details at Nasacort.com. Use as directed. Listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. It's Animal Radio, and I'm looking down at my cat right now after Doc Halligan's zoonotic 
freak out last hour. She she told us <laughs> all of the things that could uh, really screw us up with our animals, from cat scratch fever to toxoplasmosis. And I, you know, I sleep with these cats. I I actually clean them with my tongue. No, I don't do that, but <laughs> I think I do cuddle with them closely. So I'm always worried about that. And if you look at my arms, you see scratches all up and down from them because I play with them like that so mm-hmm. i don't well, know plus you clean their litter box too i right? do clean their litter box no I'm not, you don't i, I sometimes like <laughs> don't, <laughs> you, don't you dare take credit for that okay the truth is i'm pregnant and i'm not supposed to clean the litter boxes during my uh pregnancy oh, i get it so that's on the way there on animal radio what are you working on over there well how do you tell the difference because these days everywhere you look there's there's service animals who are legit and then there's oh maybe emotional support animals who may be trained, but they're not certified service animals. And then there are people who are service animal wannabes, and they're all wearing these vests that say they are a certified service dog. So how do you tell what's yeah. real and what's not? And states are now uh, making it illegal for this kind of phoniness and hooliganism that's going on out there. I think you can be fine now if you go to jail. Or go to it's jail. It's a crime, yeah. yeah. It is. Yep. Uh, but uh, also you can't refuse service to anybody who has and genuinely needs a service animal. And you could be fine And did that. you know that there are only, like if you're in one of those businesses and somebody comes in to your business and you're wondering, huh, is that a real or an, uh, a fake service animal? There's only two questions that you can ask that person, mm-hmm. because if it is a real service animal, you could be sued. Okay, and you'll find out those questions in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, we're also going to have the cloning folks back on to find out, uh, well, there's a lot of questions still about cloning and, and why and how and the whole process. Yeah, I was wondering, I guess they, they have to use like a surrogate dog to to carry the cloned puppy. Yes, they do. And give birth to it so i'm wondering you know what conditions are those dogs kept in and you know what i mean because yeah. they're yeah the money's being made from them and you, are they getting royalties are they getting royalties <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or are they just getting saggy boobs and needing a tummy tuck in the end <laughs> that's on the way we'll find out I'm, write that down i want to ask them that question in just a few minutes you, in fact you ask them that question okay, okay. and he's back so where were you? We uh, we imagined some super secret assignment. Maybe you were trying to figure out how to get a formula to get gum out of dog hair or something like that. What? Uh... That's exactly what it was. Um, you know, I had to go down. I went to Florida and got gum out of Mickey's hair. That's what it was. Oh, okay. You're good that way. You're a giver. Joey Volani, ladies and gentlemen, the dog father. What's up today? So I got a um, a message um, from one of our listeners, and she has a Chihuahua. And um, she's having a hard time. The dog doesn't seem to want to grow hair on the tips of his ears and its tail. That's weird. And she wanted to know if, um, you know, she said the dog seems to be healthy, but before she brings him to the vet, is there anything that they can do? So there could be a bunch of problems, but the real, real easy one is usually circulation. And this is a good, this is a breeder's trick. When um, they have dogs that don't grow hair in certain areas, and usually in the, the tips of the ears and the tail, it's very common, that area stays colder. So what happens is the hair, it doesn't get circulation as good, so the skin itself is colder. So what they do is they coat it, and they use Vaseline. So I'm going to say try coating it with Vaseline every single day. Now, you don't have to 
goop it on just lightly. And believe it or not, what that does, it holds the heat in. And um, I've seen significant results with um dollars $30,000 show dogs um, that they've done this trick on that have that has um grown great great coat. So if you don't like those balls, yeah, I like the I like the bald ears. They don't bother me in tail. But I don't you think don't I've like ever it, seen uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which exactly what she said. It looks like a rat. <laughs> and um, I, I, you know, I, I guess I just think it's cute. But um, yeah. If, if you if you try try that first, and you you'll notice you should start noticing hair growth within a week. Wow. Um, and then um, once once you get some nice and peach fuzzed over, then you could stop, and then it'll 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 pretty much um take its um it nature will take its course. Well, now I got to ask you this question, and you knew it was coming. If I just dab a little Vaseline right on the back of my head. <laughs> Right where you know what, house? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I, th- I don't think your head is cold. <laughs> yeah, that's not your problem. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, minoxidil or something for you, Hal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Animal Radio, toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Call now. Be verbally abused, or you can verbally abuse me. I I don't mind. He's used to it. Animal Radio is underwritten by pets. Welcome here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with your pets. Visit PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pet. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Des Moines resident Clarence Fenton was recently charged with driving under the influence of drugs. His dog's drugs. Authorities say the phenobarbital that was in his bloodstream when he crashed into a utility pole with his car had been prescribed by a vet. 47-year-old Fenton said he took what he thought were the doctor-prescribed antidepressants when police reports show his car hit the pole. His blood work showed that Fenton had actually taken seizure control pills prescribed for his dog, Saturn. Tammy Noble of the Poison Control Center said the story is more common than you'd think. People often take their pet's heartworm medication. This would be a good time to remind you to read the labels of any medication you're taking. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Get ready to discover amazing experiences you can share with your pets. Don Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with the furry members of your family. To find out where you can see Pets Welcome Here, go to PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. If you don't see your local station, ask them to schedule Pets Welcome Here. Pets Welcome Here. Exciting adventures you can share with your pet. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry can tell you that Geico could save you money on car insurance. But since money talks, why not go straight to the source? Hey, Harry's money here. And the day Harry went to Geico.com and switched his car insurance was the day I got to hang around. Finally, boys bonding, bada bing, bada boom. No wonder Geico has 97% customer satisfaction. Personally, I give him 100, but that's just my two cents. That was funny. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. It's one of the hardest things for those of us who have dogs. You know, 
watching your furry kids grow old and slow down in what seems like, you know, just such a short amount of time. There is a new ongoing study out that they're making public now. It's from the University of Washington, which hopes to gain new understanding of how and why those signs of aging in dogs happen. And then hopefully they help to extend the years of a dog's healthy life. The Dog Aging Project is what it's called. It's shooting to be the largest study ever done on dog aging and also shedding light at the same time on human longevity through their study. In the first phase of their research, they used the drug rapamycin, which is used to prevent organ transplant rejection in humans. They found large breed, middle-aged dogs who took the drug had greatly improved heart function. But before testing on companion dogs, rapamycin was first safety tested on flies, worms, mice, and their lifespans increased by 20 from taking rapamycin. The objective of the next part of this project is to follow 10,000 companion dogs of all kinds as they age. Now, they will not be in labs, but they will be dogs that really live with their owners at home. And if the drug tests conclusively show slowing down of canine aging, it opens up the possibility of drug solutions for human aging. And if you'd like to find out about enrolling your dog in the next phase of the study, it'll be a big citizen science project. You can get more information at dogagingproject.com. Well, many disabled Americans with certified service animals, mostly dogs, because there are service horses and things, they say that they now have an unfair burden because so many people misrepresent service animals in public in order to gain access to areas where most animals are not allowed in these public places. Now, this problem presents itself more and more every day now. We're hearing examples of it with non-certified and untrained animals or emotional support animals wearing certified service animal vests that are easily purchased online. But did you know that there are now laws in many states which make that a crime? For example, in Florida, it is now illegal to falsely register a service animal. And in Florida, that carries a $500 fine and up to 60 days in jail. Yeah, listen to this. Many business owners and those who work in public places say their problem is, is they can't tell if an animal is a certified service animal or not, because they're kind of all wearing these vests these days. Mm. So they do have good reason to be concerned, because if they make a mistake or ask wrong questions, they could be sued. The ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, says business owners can only ask two questions of handlers who bring animals into a public place. Those questions are, number one, is the dog a service animal required because of a disability? The second question is, what work or task has the dog been trained to perform? That's it. You cannot ask anything else legally. And remember, it is not legal to ask about the type of medical condition a person may have. You really could be sued. Now, those who train and own service dogs say a pretty easy way to gauge a service animal's, you know, credibility is its demeanor in public. If you see a dog in a person's arm or they're carrying it in their purse and that dog is barking, you know, not well mannered, a legitimate training facility, they say, would not put that dog out as a service animal under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Only service animals such as dogs and even seeing eye horses may go anywhere their handler goes in public. Seeing eye horses? a lot about this. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, th- I think people had an article on one not too long ago. 
Oh, that must be tough at Denny's, I would imagine. Yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> it's a service pony, I think, is okay. the one that I saw. Mm. I love this story. A Canadian couple celebrated their collective love for animals. How you will really love this, being the cat person. Uh-huh. They got married in a very unique place. They had the first ever wedding held at California's Cat House on the Kings Ooh. with 1,100 cats watching. That must have been spectacular. Well, I have to the say, cat house. I've been there. Yeah, that's a great place to get married if you want yeah. to get married. Right? <laughs> it's supposed to be beautiful. The bride had done a lot of volunteering there before, oh. and I guess it's a gorgeous place. A lot of kitties. It is a lot of kitties yeah. on the river. It's just amazing to see all these cats roaming free and in trees. And along if those cats river only banks. knew that we're outnumbered by them, <laughs> this it could be horrible. And they even have a few dogs running around. Yeah, they do. I've, I've got to get up there and see it. I guess it's the largest cage-free, no-kill cat sanctuary in you know on the whole continent. Really? I think so yes. yes. So she had the first time she went to Cat House on the Kings. She loved it so much, she put it on her bucket list to go back. So she went back and got married in the same trip. So <laughs> she got to check off two things. How wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you miss any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. And we'll head back to the phones in just a second, toll free at 1-866-405-8405 to talk to Dr. Debbie or Dog Father Joey Volani. Uh, but first, we want to talk to Mark Vetti. We talked to him about a year ago. Maybe it was two years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. He was training dogs to drive cars, and successfully, I might say. <laughs> and now he's up to more good business with dogs, and it happens to be that he's teaching them to fly. And we welcome him back to the show. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Hey, Dave. I'm good. Very good. Okay, so uh, now you've taught them to fly. This is, uh, was that like a happy hour bet or something like that that you made? At, at, I just want to figure out what what made you decide to do this why <laughs> yeah we got a crazy call from the uk um uh, from a producer up there who watched uh, driving dogs and uh yeah she uh she had a uh, sky had a, a big pile of money sitting beside them and uh, <laughs> and beside her and she wanted to do a project uh with uh with the driving dogs taken to the next level so um yeah she asked me whether we can get a dog to fly and i of course i crazily said yes so right away we didn't even think about it did you I didn't think about it. I think uh, I, I had been asked by a reporter in New Zealand uh, just after driving dogs, and I think I threw the idea into into the hat a bit stupidly. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd, I'd already talked to uh, CAA, uh, the Civil Aviation here in New Zealand, and they laughed us out of the office. So I didn't really think it was going to be a, a reality. Uh, and I must say, uh, the British uh, CAA laughed us out of the office the first two times too. But um, yeah, we did it. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty amazing. Now, were you scared at all? Yeah, well, it's certainly when you, you know we we it was a TV series that we did on a six uh, part documentary on dog cognition. So we were looking at the whole kind of um, the way dogs learn and the whole uh, thing about um, dog intelligence and so on. So we started with twelve rescue dogs just to make it a bit harder. Um, but like we did with um, driving dogs, they're rescue dogs, of course. And the whole basis of it is to show rescue dogs as smart dogs. You know, so that's yep. why we were doing it. But but yeah, we, we we got to the final um, episode, you know, episode six, and we had two months to train them, and uh, we had rigs and we had uh, you know heaps of um, all different 
kind of uh, plans and, and so on. But when you actually get into the plane and you stick a dog in that little wee seat and uh, he's the captain and uh, you're in the back seat, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> they, they put some weight on that uh, yoke shaft and, um, and bend it and uh, everyone is dead in the plane. So uh, there was certainly some jeopardy and some risks, um, but uh, obviously it's all uh, you know, very carefully planned and uh, uh, that's what we'd like to tell everyone anyway. And... Uh, and uh, it was, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we did it. We were pretty uh, pretty amazed. We had a helicopter following us. We had 10 cameras in the plane. We had, uh, in fact, we had the guy on Mission Impossible who flew the helicopter on Mission Impossible. <laughs> um, it was stuck to us like glue. And, uh, that, in fact, that was probably the most frightening thing. Got a dog flying, but you got a helicopter sticking in, the, in your left ear or your right ear or coming over your head uh, at uh, high speed sure. while you're doing uh, big figure eight turns and 65 degree banks with a dog in control. So, yeah, it was, it was, there were certainly times where we were sweating it, I can tell you. Were you in the plane yourself? I was, yeah. So um, we, we trained three dogs to do it. So um, I had two other trainers um, under me that they were also working a dog each. So, But uh, my dog, Reggie, um, did end up being the first, first dog to fly. And, um, yeah, so he was... Um, yeah, so, so the trainers, uh, so I'm in the back. Um, we've got two, two, two different um, facilities in the back. We've got a, a right-hand buzz tone and a, and a set of lights on the, on the um, cockpit. And, um, and so that tells the dog left and right. And uh, we can pull him backwards and forwards as well. We can do, uh, he can pull the yoke backwards and forwards as well. So he's working on a yoke. He's in a big harness. He's strapped up um, into a really comfortable position for a dog. And um, so in the training phase, of course, we're teaching him to go right and left and up and down and so on. And uh, so, and then once we get into the real flight mode, when we started actually shooting the real McCoy, um, he had to fly a figure of eight. So we would give him cues wow. as to when to turn. But he's doing it all himself. And, um, you know, we're 3,000 feet in the air at, uh, you know, 120 miles an hour. And uh, he's, um, yeah, he's the real McCoy. So uh, a lot of fun. I'm, I can I can remember the cameraman and behind between vomits, um, he was um, he was uh, looking at this dog going, there's a bloody dog flying this plane, I cannot believe it. <laughs> I encourage listeners to check out the website, markvetti.com, that's V-E-T-T-E.com, and we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Mark, thanks so much for hanging with us. Excellent, excellent. I'll be over there uh, later in the year, so um, we'll catch up if uh, all goes well. Sounds, Sounds good, Phil. Free to drop by. Uh, always look forward to, to what that guy's up to next. I, I, can, I know. can't wait for that. <laughs> Let's head back to the phones toll free for your calls, 1 866 405 8405. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Get ready to discover amazing experiences you can share with your pets. Don Pets Welcome Here. The hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with the furry members of your family. To find out where you can see Pets Welcome Here, go to PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. If you don't see your local station, ask them to schedule Pets Welcome Here. Pets Welcome Here. Exciting adventures you can share with your pet. 
this is Ed Begley Jr. and Animal Radio. Live simply so that others may simply live. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets, and we'll head back to the phones in just a second for your calls for Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Volani. Don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. But I want to visit with Melaine Rodriguez. If you haven't been listening the last few weeks, the big buzz about town is that you can clone your animals. And you can also genetically preserve them. If, you, if you're not ready to clone, you can genetically preserve their DNA and their cells for future use. And we're getting lots of calls about that. Melaine Rodriguez, she is the client service manager at Viagen Pets, and she's joining us. You must get calls all the time about this, huh? I do. It's it's really amazing. A pet parents will typically call us because they have a special pet that's like no other pet they've ever had. They've formed a special bond with this pet, and they can't imagine living without it. And so they'd like to continue that bond with a potential clone. You see, I'm thinking about that right now. I, <laughs> I have a cat that no. that is in his last years of his life, yeah. and I'm thinking, boy, it would be nice to do that. I'm not sure if I can go through the whole process yet, but I know that I can genetically preserve it so that when I decide to do it, I can do it down do the it road. Later. Yes, that's right. What are the uh, most frequently asked questions you usually hear from pet owners? Well, I'll tell you that the number one most frequently asked question is, can I clone a pet that's passed away? Mm. Is it too late? And so the answer is yes, under certain circumstances. Now, of course, the best chances of a successful genetic preservation is when a biopsy is done while the pet is still alive. That's that's really the best time to do it. But if the pet has passed away and the pet parent is considering the possibility of maybe cloning someday, then the most important thing the pet owner and the veterinarian need to know is that the pet should be refrigerated okay. and not frozen. Uh, freezing will damage the tissues. So um, I, I hate to get calls when people tell me that the, the body's been frozen because usually in that situation there's nothing we can do. So refrigerate the body is really the key here. Um, biopsies should be taken by the veterinarian as soon as possible after the pet has passed, and they need to be received by our lab at Viagen Pets within five days. Now, we have emergency instructions on our website, so if a pet passes away and the pet parent doesn't know what to do, um, they can go to our website, click on the emergency tab, and there's step-by-step instructions that are very simple that they can provide those to their veterinarian, and that informs the veterinarian of what to do, how to take a biopsy sample, and how to ship those samples to us in an emergency situation like this. Oh, that is so cool that you have that on the website. It's the emergency tab over at viagenpets.com. Let me spell that for you. It's V I A G E N pets.com. And of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. If someone wants to talk to you in person, Melaine, can they call you? Absolutely. I'd love to give them a call. If they've got questions, any sort of question they have, I'm happy to talk to them and answer any question. They can contact me directly by calling our main number. That's 888 888- Eight seven six six one zero four, or they can visit our website again at viagenpets.com. Great website, check it out. Melaine Rodriguez, she's the client services manager at Viagen Pets. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Great, thank you. Bye bye. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to connect with the Dream Team. Hey Jeff, how are you doing? I'm still good today. How are you? Very good. What can we do for you? Uh, yeah, we have. I have a older cat, about seventeen years old, has cataracts and he's like now I can see like he can't hear too well uh, mm-hmm. it's anything suggest as far as you know let him live his life out like that or is that operation for the cataracts 
uh, affordable or... Now, did you say he's 17 years of age? Yeah, he's about 17, 16, oh, and 18 years old, but he's pretty spry. You know, he's <laughs> still kicking good. That's a phenomenal lifespan for a kitty at right. 17. So right. kudos to you. Um, you. You know, and I guess for cataracts in cats, um, there can be some confusion because cataracts aren't as common in cats as we see them in dogs. They can, especially over the age of 12 or 13, they can get what we call lenticular sclerosis, which is kind of a white change in the lens of the eye doesn't it's not really a true cataract so um it might just be important to make sure we get that properly diagnosed and have a vet look at those to see if in fact it is cataracts um i guess my my next thing would be is in my eyes i don't think it's going to matter because i think in a 17 year old cat the last thing i do is consider cataract surgery um seven year old ten year old um you know we might talk about things like that but um with cats cataracts in the true sense of the form it's usually as a result of some other problem going on in the eye. So we tend to look for causes of problems, uh, what we call uveitis, uh, infections and so forth, and trauma to the eye. So my hope and my best guess is going to be that your kitty has this more of this aging change in the eye, which isn't really a true cataract. And if that's the case, we don't do anything. We just... Right. Make sure we make accommodations. Sometimes uh, right. dark right. Uh, dark areas could be a little hard for them I mean, to see. He walks, he walks into the wall every once in a while, but he doesn't hurt himself, so he's doing uh-huh. okay. Yeah, yeah. And there are some, in dogs, we can see cataracts with things like diabetes. In cats, occasionally we can. So, you know, if you haven't had a, a you know regular uh, visit or blood work, that might be something just to make sure because that kind of condition, absolutely, we're going to want to treat. And, um, you know, the cataracts are kind of just tagging along for the ride on those situations. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, All right. Thank you very much. Take care, Jeff. All right. Well, that was a whole bunch of radio jammed into a small amount of time. If you need your fix, head on over to AnimalRadio.com or even download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And do not forget, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. These are Kindle books, so you can read them on your Kindle device, and they're over at Amazon.com. And we have links to it, as well as everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Farewell. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network.